You're listening to the Misty Creek Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Misty Creek Community Church, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. Today's message is from Senior Pastor Stephen Street. You know, I love to tell the story, and I get to tell the story every week, not just on Sunday, but every day, folks. You know, we might think that Sunday's the only day we need to learn about our story and tell our story, but really we're being equipped to tell our story every day. We've got an opportunity beginning as soon as you walk out those doors today to tell your story. The question is, will you tell that story? I love the story that we find in 1 Corinthians from chapter 13 that Peggy read for us so wonderfully just a few moments ago. It's a story about love. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, then I'm just a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have all the prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and have all knowledge, and I have faith to move mountains, but I have love, then I am nothing. If I give all I have, all I possess to the poor, and I boast about it, but don't have love, then I've gained nothing. You see, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not easily angered. It's not arrogant. Love does not rejoice in evil doing. Love rejoices in truth. Love perseveres. Love trusts. Love hopes. And love endures. Now, that's wonderful, isn't it? And we've all probably memorized most of that chapter because we've heard it so many times at what? Weddings. Yes. Almost every bride and groom wants 1 Corinthians 13 read at some point in their ceremony. But you want to know something? It was not written for weddings. It wasn't. It was written as a rebuke. I mean, just go back and read the first 12 chapters of 1 Corinthians. It's all about rebuking the church. The church had become arrogant and rude and envious, and they rejoiced in evil doing. So Paul was rebuking them like a parent rebukes a child. And yet, that's the scripture that we love to read at weddings. The church was divided, folks. The people were divided. The people that he was writing to, they were squabbling. They were frustrated. They were arrogant. They were prideful. They were boastful, self-seeking. And the list goes on and on and on and on. Paul referred to them as spiritual infants. That's what he referred to them as. He also alluded that love without truth is not love. Love without biblical truth is not love. Truthless love is full of compromise. It's conforming. It's like, I'll love you, but. I'll love you if. There's no if, ands, or buts. The sacred vows do not contain ifs. Okay? You love regardless with the reckless love of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is trying to get across. And if you read Doug's devotion in the weekly email or on Facebook, you will know that love is a verb. Love is something that you do. It's an active choice you make. 
Making love the foundation of your home is how you stay in love. You love one another. You know, Jesus didn't make a lot of commands, but he commanded us to love one another as he has loved us. So in essence, it's an imperative. It's, it's a must do. You must love regardless. It's not a declarative. It's not an optional thing. You can love if they look like you. You can love if they're a certain political party. You can love if they go to this school or live in this neighborhood. You know what I love about our youth group? Is that we've got like eight or ten different schools represented. It's a beautiful thing. Anybody's welcome to join us and be a part of things. And I watch and I observe this group and it's growing. And I see how welcoming they are and they welcome in love. Folks, that's a rare commodity in this day and age. Because a lot of what teenagers do today is pretty mean on social media. But yet our group comes together and they love each other and they have a blast. And they go play golf at Top Golf. You can't beat that, can you? And they enjoy being in one another's presence. And they're growing in their faith while having a great time. There's nothing wrong with that, is there? Can we have a great time at church? Yes. Can we move from pocket praising to hand raising? Yes, we can. Can we be set free by the power of the Holy Spirit and not be rigid anymore? Yes, we can. That's exactly what God desires here at Misty Creek Community Church. Love regardless is what Jesus is talking about. Our model is Christ who gave his life while submitting to us and making our needs, my needs, your needs, his priority. The essence of God is love. Love is about serving and blessing and giving oneself away and sacrificing. When I do premarital counseling with a couple, and I've got two couples, I'm going to be doing their weddings very soon. That's what I tell them. That love is about sacrifice. It's about being committed to one another. It's about blessing one another. It's about giving yourself away. That's why the bride is given away to the groom. The love that Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 13 is who Jesus is. Listen to this. Jesus never fails. Jesus never finds joy in your failures. Jesus does not delight in evil. Jesus is not rude. Jesus is not arrogant. Jesus is not self-seeking. Now, we're still in the season of Pentecost. You know when the Holy Spirit came? Yes. In Acts 2, 3,000 people were saved. And those people became churches. That's right. Every need was being met. I mean, just listen to Acts 2, 42 through 47. I think we have that for you. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread together in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That kind of unity and generosity did not die at Pentecost. Our world needs that kind of church today. Misty Creek Community Church is that kind of church, ladies and gentlemen. Now, you might have noticed the sermon title today, What Love Is Not, and How Love Grows the Church. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that, how love grows the church. 
Real church growth, are you ready? Is validated by unity, not numbers. How many people show up in person or online does not necessarily validate what we're doing. But for years, we always assessed the health of the church by how many people were coming. How many people are online? That sort of thing. But not Misty Creek, and we're glad that you're here. And we're glad you're watching online. But what helps us grow and come together is our unity. Is our unity and our outreach to this community. It's much more than just who's here in person today. Do you know on average, this is on average, we have about 200 people viewing online at some point. And after Carl posted on YouTube, even more people. And now it's available on our, our website. People are curious because they're hearing about this missional church that's Holy Spirit-led and that loves people regardless. And that's what the world is looking for. That's what the world needs, folks. But you want to know something? Soon after the Holy Spirit, by Acts 6, there's already a church squabble. Already that quick. The widows are being neglected. Peter's prejudice against the Gentiles. It's not a perfect church. The cycle continues, folks. The church is not perfect. We're not. Only Christ is perfect, and we're striving to be like Christ. We're not striving to be like me or like Doug or like this church. We're striving to be like Jesus. That's who we want you to strive to be like and emulate and reflect is Jesus. Right there. The cycle continues. You know, this pandemic has changed the culture of the church. It's a new kind of church. I call it, are you ready for this one? The back row is really going to like this. The Waffle House Church. You know, I like my hash browns scattered covered and smothered and sometimes chunked and diced and chilled. Sometimes. Not late at night, though. That's a bad idea. <laughs> but you know, the church has become like the Waffle House. Gathered, scattered, and digital. We gathered, then we scattered, we became digital, we gathered again, we continued to scatter, we continued to be digital. Here we are, and there are people under the tent. We never stopped, folks. We never stopped proclaiming the goodness of the gospel. We never stopped one time, not one Sunday. You remember that, don't you? When Misty Creek left the building for a few months, we went digital. You remember the song by Olivia Newton-John? Let's get digital. Did, no, it's biblical. Let's get biblical. No, there's another word. Probably shouldn't say that in church. It's physical, by the way. You know, it's on your mind, so I might as well go ahead and say it. All right, when we became outward focused, and we've always been that way since we began in the Menifee's living room, what happened, folks? Our outreach expanded exponentially. It did. While many churches were dropping off in numbers, we grew. We added new members, more visitors. Another key to church growth, folks, is this. And I went through this with our leadership team this past Monday night. Real church growth starts with mission. We've got Felix Laura here. His total call is to share the love of Jesus Christ, especially with young people, with students. And he has a gift for it. So does his wife. So does his family. I met his wife and, his, and I met his son. They're just phenomenal people called to the ministry of the gospel. And we're thankful that he's here with us today. But it starts with mission. We began the Sack Lunch Brigade 
back in March of 2020, right around the beginning of the pandemic. What started out with just a few lunches, we said sack lunches, sandwiches. Do you realize since then, since that March of 2020, we're now exceeding, listen to this, 150,000 lunches provided now to between eight and nine shelters. That's every single Saturday. And you show up. And just when we think, well, people are probably getting, you know, burned out or tired, probably won't get as many lunches today. Like yesterday, we thought maybe, maybe we'll get close to the quota. We probably won't reach 1,000, maybe six or 700, over 1,000 again yesterday. Met some first-timers that had never participated before. You see, people follow mission. And to be honest with you, money follows mission. It does. People want to know they're making a difference and not just writing a check. They want to know they can do something physically with their hands and be involved and be engaged. And if you've not had a chance to deliver lunches on Saturday yet and go down and see the people at the shelters, I want to encourage you to do that. You do need a big trunk, though, okay? If you've got a truck, that's great, but if you've got a big trunk, some of these cars today got the big old trunks, okay? We would love for you to go down and deliver because once you deliver one time, you'll be hooked, You'll want to do it again and again and again. The Great Commission and the Great Commandment. This church is founded on the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. We don't vote on those folks, whether we're going to love one another, whether we're going to make disciples or not, love our neighbors. We just do that. That's who we are. That's in our DNA. That's who God created us to be. Spiritual formation was happening in living rooms and via Zoom, when we were in the middle of this pandemic, God showed up in living rooms, in kitchens, in bonus rooms, in basements, in bedrooms, wherever people had a TV or a screen or a phone, God was present. Misty Creek made sure of that. And God always shows up when we gather. When two or more gathered in my name, I'm there, Jesus says. And it's true, folks. He's here right now. We're not here just by chance. It's an appointed time to be here right now during this time. So listen, hang on with me, okay? We never stopped being the church. We became the church without walls, engaging our community in greater Atlanta. Not one of our ministries stopped. And maybe sometimes you think, what ministries do we have? Do we even have any ministries? We're such a new church. Well, I want to show you that we have some ministries. Are you ready? I'm singing hallelujah.
life there's gonna be praising as long as i'm alive there's gonna be shouting one thing that i know oh deep down in my soul as long as i'm alive i'm gonna sing i'm singing Just a few things, not too many. We continue to make spiritual formation a priority at Mystic Creek, and we do it in many ways, folks. No matter what the world is becoming by ignoring the need for redemption for humankind, we will continue to love like Jesus with a reckless kind of love, folks, with no boundaries, no barriers. We will love like Jesus. Jesus. Hear these words from John Wesley. A scheme to reconstruct society which ignores the redemption of the individual is unthinkable. And a doctrine to save sinning men with no aim to transform them into crusaders against social sin is equally unthinkable. So real church growth, folks, is about growing people, not managing programs. If we're not careful, we're going to herd people into programs rather than growing people one at a time. You are not just a number. You're not. You're valuable. Each one of you are of sacred and value, worth, very worthy. God calls us to life-giving holiness. Do you know what holiness is? Maybe you went to a holiness church one time and you have different thoughts of what that is. I want you to listen closely. Holiness was never meant to be a burden, but a gift that liberates us for life that is truly life by delivering us from the destructive power of sin. You see what John Wesley was talking about? You can't avoid that there's sin in the world and you, you can't ignore sin. It's there. If it's sin, it's sin. That's what he was saying. And we have a responsibility to hold one another accountable when we're sin, when there's sin in our lives. He wants us to be holy. All who were born again are made right with God by the finished work of Jesus Christ and called to experience the fullness of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was never meant to be dormant. If you receive Jesus Christ, he recharges you, regenerates you, baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. You're never the same person again. Never. All who are born again, all who are born again are given that spirit. Life-giving holiness then is the fruit of full surrender to the loving reign of God over every aspect of our lives, establishing within us love that is truly love. 
Real church growth is powered by the gospel, not relevance. But today you will hear relevance preached first and then the gospel. I hear it, folks. Prominent preachers are preaching that way that I respect. And yet I'm starting to lose some of my respect because they're preaching relevance and then the gospel after that. The gospel always comes first. We're powered by one book. But how many books are you reading that have no scripture, no spiritual disciplines? It's just for you. I'm not saying that's a terrible thing, but when those reads, those books outnumber the one book or the books that you read that are by inspired authors that have scripture and have God's word, which is scripture, that's good too, folks. But know what you're reading. Make sure it's got sound doctrine, that it's not all just about relevance, but that it's about the gospel and it's transforming because only the gospel is transforming. John Wesley said this, I want to know one thing, the way to heaven, how to land safe on that happy shore. God himself has condescended to teach me the way. For this very end, he came from heaven. He had written it down in a book. Oh, give me that book. At any price, give me the book of God. I have it. Here is knowledge enough for me. Let me be homo unius libri, a man of one book. Hmm. At Misty Creek, we believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God and our final authority in all matters of faith and practice. We do not subjugate the Bible's timeless truths to cultural norms or social trends or necessarily relevance. We strive to fully align ourselves on the unshakable foundation of God's word. It's who we are. It's what defines us. Romans 10, verses 1 through 4. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Now, the context here, folks, is Israel's unbelief. People not recognizing Christ as the Messiah. The righteousness of God is Jesus and only Jesus, okay? It's not what I want. It's not my agenda. It's not about me, myself, and I. The word righteous is a relational word. Having a right relationship with God. Putting God first in our lives. Like the psalmist in Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord, but restore unto me the joy of your salvation and renew a right spirit within me. How does the gospel impact your daily life? Do you even think about it? Do you wake up believing the truth of the gospel? Hallelujah. I get to tell the story again today. I can't wait, God. Let's go do it. And at the end of the day, do you high-five God, metaphorically speaking? We did it. We shared the gospel story today. Shared my salvation shared the love of God with others. If we are truly, we are truly 
prompted by the Holy Spirit in our lives. We'll do it every day. See, I kind of feel uncomfortable doing that at Brewster's. This is weird, man. You don't have to go to Brewster's with your Bible in hand and beat people, folks. That's not what we're talking about here. But when you encounter people, love them with the love of the Lord. Greet them. You don't have to greet them like Paul did with a kiss, unless you know them. You might not want to do that during this pandemic anyway. It freaks people out when you try to kiss them. We finally graduated back to the hug and the handshake. You have a chance, even without saying words, just to gaze at someone friendly. Maybe you'll even pick up the person's ice cream behind you and just share the love of God in that way. Maybe it's at the grocery store, or as Doug says, at Chick-fil-A. You, you pay for the person behind you. Just a random act of God, just kindness, is a way of telling that story of who God is. Are you detoxing your spirit? You know what I mean by that? You're taking in so much stuff that you see through the media and through your devices and your Netflix shows and all those things and movies and everything else. Your information overload to, you, to the point you become desensitized at things that my parents and maybe your parents would be like, oh my gosh, I can't look at that. I can't read that. I wouldn't dare say that. It's like no big deal now. We need to detox our spirits. You remember what Paul said to the Romans? He said, let us offer ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is our act of spiritual worship. And then he goes on to say, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's perfect, pleasing will is for your life. Got to detox. Breathe in his grace and breathe out his praise instead of breathing in what the world is offering because it will make you toxic if you're not careful. That's why there is the one book. Do you ever feel like you're not good enough? I'm not good enough to tell my story. I'm not, I'm not good enough to, to live up to who God is. I believe with God's love, he frees us from the crushing weight of am I good enough? I cannot be self-righteous. Be righteous based on Christ. No, you're not good enough yourself with Christ. You're more than a conqueror. All things are possible with God. But there's never any room for arrogance in our faith, folks. Where you think you know so much that you can belittle somebody else and what they don't know or what they do know. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Psalm 19, 12. We've all got blind spots. I just preached about this a few weeks ago. We've all got blind spots. I've got them. We've got growing edges. As a church, we've got blind spots. We've got growing errors. Er errors. Errors. Areas. <laughs> got to get that out at some point. As a church, we need to be clear with the Holy Spirit as our guide on what we're trying to build. If we're not consulting the Holy Spirit and we're trying to be righteous on our own, then we're going to fail. We're going to die. We are. There's no room for complacency, folks, in the church. Get comfortable. I'm comfortable with my seat. I'm comfortable with how many people we got in the church. I'm comfortable with what we're doing mission-wise. That's dangerous. Complacency will kill a movement. And we're part of a movement, a movement of the Holy Spirit. We're not an institution. We're a movement. And movements... Don't get behind God or ahead of God, 
We walk in step with God. Not arrogant or cocky, though. So watch your walk, okay? Just do a normal walk. But try to stay in step with God. I believe, and we have a phenomenal leadership team and the best worship pastor there's ever been, and I can say that because I believe he is, that's led by the Holy Spirit, that keeps in step with the Holy Spirit. That doesn't make us ahead of anybody else. It just holds us accountable. When we get behind or we get ahead of God, we remind each other, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow me down, Lord. Help me stay in step with you. In the sweet spot of his grace. I told the men this the other night. You know, last night the Braves just went crazy on hitting. They dominated the game. I wish they would do that every game. But for whatever reason, every time they got at the bat, they were hitting the ball. The ball was hitting the sweet spot of the bat. And if you hit the sweet spot of the bat, the ball's going to go somewhere. And it went somewhere last night, and we won. What, nine to nothing? You were at the game, Joseph. What a game to be at. And he actually got to eat a Nashville hot chicken sandwich after his jaw surgery. Praise be to God. <laughs> Woo! I remember details like that. Men, you all are thinking about a Nashville hot chicken sandwich now, aren't you? You're not going to hear another thing I say. Man, I'd like to have one of those right now. KFC's got one. But anyway, so back to being focused in that sweet spot. And sometimes Jesus says it's a narrow gate to go through. It's not a very big area. But the more fixed our eyes are on him, and the more focused we are on him, the bigger that sweet spot becomes. It's almost unfair like these teenagers today that play Pony League Baseball or Dixie League Baseball. They get to use big barrel bats. Have you seen those things? They're huge. They're this big around. We had wood bats, and they were skinny. It's like this big old bat. You just put them out there, and the ball's going to hit it. That's how big they are. It's not fair. And yet there's kids still striking out. I'm like, what? Man, if I played baseball today, I'd be the next Mickey Mantle, Hank Aaron. But anyway, he makes that spot bigger and bigger as we grow in him. It's important to remember that. There's no room for complacency, to walk in step with him. But you know something? Here's some statistics I shared with you a few weeks ago that happens when you get complacent, not just because of a pandemic, but since the pandemic, 80% of churches are declining, stagnant. 1,700 pastors, this is a huge number, are leaving the ministry per month. Almost 4,000 people are leaving the church per month. That's increased from a couple of months ago when it was 3,500. It's now 3,950. That's a lot of people, isn't it? George Barnum, if you want to look up those church statistics. We need to be in a constant state of renewal. Back to that detoxing. Being renewed and restored constantly. And how do we do that? We feed on the food and drink of the Holy Spirit. We taste and see that the Lord is good and ask him to fill us up. Fill my cup, Lord, to overflowing. Fill it up. On your insert in your chair today, if you have it, there's a few things on there for you to look at. What safe spaces have you found where you can be honest and vulnerable about your personal and professional life? You need that, folks. You need a place where you can share your struggles, your pain, and your celebrations. The men here have a discipleship band. Several of them are involved in those that help them through that and how to be better disciples. You're also going to see a little list there in your insert. Rank each area from 1 to 10 where 10 is optimal help. This is your assignment. I don't want you to do this today, here. I want you to do it this afternoon. If you're going to lunch with some people, take it with you and do it over lunch. You need some pens to do this. This afternoon, if you've got a family, do it with the family. If you're alone, 
Try to find somebody else in the church today to connect with at the park or somewhere and do this together. Your spiritual formation on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being optimal health. Where are you in your spiritual formation? That's paramount, folks. Do you notice I put that as the first thing? Yes. Then self-care. Self-care. When you see your phone and the battery is almost dead on it, what's the first thing you do? (gasps) Where's the charger? I don't have a cube. Where's the cable? I'm sorry about that. That was over the top, I know. (laughs) But it's true. That's the way you feel inside, isn't it? You're going nuts. Okay? What about your, your spiritual battery? When it's down to here somewhere, are you as quick to renew it? Plug into the source? Think about that for a moment, folks. So how's your self-care, your self-awareness? Marriage and family, again, one to ten. How are you in that regard? Leadership and management. You say, well, I retired years ago. You still, if you are a follower of Christ, you are a leader. You are, automatically. You're to tell your story, as the song we sang just a few moments ago tells us to do. Dallas Willard has a great quote. This will help us complete this spiritual, optimal health thing. Radically eliminate hurry from your life. (laughs) That's what he says. Radically eliminate it. Can't we just be where our feet are? Can't we just be present where we are and look that person eye to eye and listen to them rather than being so distracted Pulling out our device constantly, look at it, checking scores, checking our status. Can't we just be present together? Can't we just do one thing at a time and do it with excellence and do it well? That's what worship is, offering ourselves everything that we are as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. I want to invite you today to fully surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Do you want to experience what love truly is? I mean, really. Here it is. God is love. That's all I really needed to say today. I didn't need all this or that. I could have just said, God is love. Amen. Go have lunch. Get your Nashville hot chicken sandwich. God is... You didn't know I was going to use that as an illustration today. I use everything, friend. I do. God is love. I believe, listen to this, we've got a good church not far down the road from us that's in the midst of battling this right now. You know who I'm talking about. I believe that God wants you to leave behind the legalism that once hindered you. And I believe God wants to embrace you with the transforming work of the Holy Spirit that empowers us to love and serve God and others in joyful obedience. At Misty Creek, I'll remind you again, we're part of a Holy Spirit movement. That's who we are. What I'm going to say next is not scripted today. Do you know what makes Misty Creek radically different from a lot of churches? What makes your pastors different from many pastors? There's a scripture in Amos chapter 3 verse 12. And picture this. There's a sheep that's been attacked by a lion. And that sheep is in the lion's mouth. And the only thing that's observable from the lion's mouth 
is part of an ear and a little bit of the hoof. And the shepherd sees that. And the shepherd goes after that lion to rescue that sheep. Even if it can only just grasp the ear or the, the hoof, he will fight for that sheep. And he will pull and he will fight and he will fight until that sheep is rescued. He'll do whatever it takes. Your pastors will do whatever it takes for you. This congregation will do whatever it takes to rescue you and help you be whole in Jesus Christ. We will visit you. We'll take communion to your doorstep. We'll take soup to you if you need it. We'll pray for you. We'll love on you. As soon as you walk on this campus or tune in online with us or you're out there under that tent, you become part of the family of God. No matter what your past is like, no matter where you come from, you are part of a family, a family that loves you. You're all ministers. I remember Bethany, Bethany Jackson telling me when she first started coming to church here, and her mom's with her today. We'd be glad to see Linda. She said, I never in all my life heard anybody refer to me as a minister. It humbled her. It should. <laughs> it's a big responsibility, isn't it? But you are ministers of the gospel. And you'll go and rescue others too, no matter what you have to do. So they experience the true love of God, what, what love is and what love is not. Jesus, Jesus stretched out his arms for us on that cross. You see, his love was so extravagant, so radical, so reckless, that his love ran red, ran red from the cross. And that love pours over you and I, washes us clean, makes us new. That's love, folks. That's the ultimate expression of sacrificial love, that he would do that on our behalf. I want to invite you to pray with me. And as we pray today, I want you to especially be praying for my good friend Eric over here, who just got a diagnosis and that he needs our prayer for. I want you to pray for my father-in-law, who's going for a scan this week, Gary. I want you to pray for my good friend, Kaki, who had some surgery, and she's still trying to get full use of her hand again. She's going to start driving and hopefully working at Delta again before long. Those three in particular, but anybody that's on your heart today that you want to pray for, I want you to pray for Felix and the ministry that he's been called to be the executive director of. What an honor and an humbling calling God has placed in his life. I want you to pray for Molly Dixon as she recuperates from her surgery and as the surgeon believes that she will be soon back on her feet and we pray pain-free. Let's pray. Whatever's on your heart today, just lift up to the Lord. This is your time to spiritually detoxify, to get rid of everything else that's in the way of being who God created you to be in the first place. And lift up any of these names I've brought forward today Lift them up to the Lord for healing, for strength. This is your time to be with the Lord just for a few moments. Be still and know that He is God.
Lord, we come. We come with open hearts and open minds, open spirits to receive the power of your spirit to claim us, to cleanse us. We pray that your spirit, Lord, would speak through us, would act through us, would love through us, that you would inspire us to tell the story that you're writing for us because you are the one writing our story. Lord, we pray today for Khaki. We pray that she regains use of her, of her hand and arm. Lord, we, we pray fully that she would be restored. Lord, we pray for Eric. Lord, that you would touch his body and the area of his body that's sick. And Lord, that you would heal him. That you would guide the doctors and those that will be attending to him moving forward with his treatments, Lord. Lord, we pray for Gary. We pray that as he goes for his scan, Lord, that your supernatural power would come upon him. He's been a faithful servant all of his life, but in ministry for 55 plus years. He's shared so much about your healing and your grace and your mercy and your love. And we're asking today that you share some more of your healing with him as he continues to be your faithful servant. Lord, for Felix, continue to manifest yourself through him and his beautiful wife and his family and the ministry that you've, you've put him in charge over, Lord. Continue to help it flourish. We pray that this congregation would come together and assemble these backpacks for both organizations, the Sandy Springs Mission and the Salvation Army. Lord, we pray for Molly. We pray, Lord, that you would relieve her of her pain and that when she goes back to the doctor next week, those stitches would be healed. They could turn her device on and she would instantly feel relief and stand up and walk out of there giving you all the glory. We pray that in Jesus' name. And anyone else here today watching online or outside, Lord, that's facing a hurdle, that's struggling, Lord, I pray that you would come into the midst of their situation. And as Sally said, bring forth your marvelous light. Fill them the overflowing to know that no matter what, you're with them. And that your love ran red for them and for all of humanity to cleanse us, renew us, and set us free because we are made righteous through Jesus Christ. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forevermore. Amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. For more sermons from Misty Creek Community Church, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like to stream your podcasts. You can also watch videos of our sermons and complete services on the Misty Creek Community Church YouTube channel. And while you're there, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. For more information about our church, including our mission, location, service times, and more, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. God bless you, and thank you for listening.